0: Today I want to talk about what I call the Countertop Silicosis Epidemic. Silicosis was the disease that we we thought was wiped uh, from the uh, uh, civilized world, but uh, we were uh, quite wrong about that. Silicosis has morphed into a much more dangerous and serious disease than we ever imagined. The new silicosis is so dangerous Uh, because of the very high level of silica in uh, artificial stone countertops. In about 1987 in Israel they developed uh, an artificial stone that replaced um, replaced granite and marble for countertops in bathrooms and kitchens. And this new artificial stone was much cheaper and much easier to work with, and uh, became extremely popular. Australia is the number one importer of. This artificial stone countertops, the USA, is the number two importer of this artificial uh, stone countertops. Now, the artificial stone countertops are composed of 94% silica. While the old stone, uh, granite, is made up of uh, somewhere around uh, 10 to 30% and marbles made up somewhere about three to ten percent so this new artificial stone has extremely high levels of silica within it and when the workers use these uh, power tools uh, the power tools the cutters and the sanders put huge amounts of silica into the air approximately a thousand times the uh, minimum um, amount of silica which is allowed in inhaled air so these silica output from these artificial stone countertops is extremely dangerous well how many people are working with this artificial stone when on, in Australia in just one state only Queensland the government did a study after some cases of silicosis and found that there were 800 workers working with this artificial stone uh, about half of those have been screened for silicosis so far and they've turned up a hundred and sixteen cases of uh, silicosis anthony white a 36 year old man uh, became the spokesman for silicosis uh, in the media uh, because he was a young worker who developed this severe silicosis from working with the silica dust and there's pictures in the media of this white dust covering his face He was unaware of the severe uh, toxicity of this uh, stone, and the regulations uh, just didn't protect him uh, in Australia. So he spoke out against those regulations. Unfortunately, in March of this year, uh, while Anthony was waiting uh, on a transplant list uh, for a double lung transplant, uh, he died. He died before he was able to receive his uh, transplant. This, uh, silico, uh, this uh, silicosis uh, epidemic has now hit the United States and uh, just in the uh, September 27th issue of morbidity and mortality uh, from the CDC, uh, they listed 18 uh, individuals in the United States with artificial stone silicosis. Two, so far, two of those individuals have died. Uh, both of those individuals uh, in their 30s. So this is a, this is a disease that's, that's uh, hitting and killing uh, very, uh, very young men. And if you know anyone who works with this artificial countertops, please let them know of the severe toxicity of this product. It's very important that workers use all the precautions that they can Now, the precautions are relatively simple. One of them is just using a wet saw. And a wet saw just squirts water out while it's sawing, but it markedly reduces the amount of silicosis in the air. The other precaution is ventilation. They should have these big ventilation blowers to suck up the silica uh, when they're working in the shops and put it in the outside air. And the third is to use a a respiratory, respiratory mask. Now, the respiratory mask, are very heavy and uh, my friends uh, in the U.S. who work um, uh, with plant managers uh, who build housing uh, projects tell me that the people that work with this artificial stone in the U.S. usually, as far as they know, most of them use the uh, wet saw. However, they usually do not use a mask. The workers usually don't use masks, because respirator masks, because they're heavy and it's difficult to breathe the uh, uh, through them, now how many workers in the U.S. Uh, are working with this artificial stone? Well, the CDC estimates approximately 96,360. So that if we use the in Queensland, approximately 15% of the workers who are exposed to the silica dust developed silicosis. And if we use that 15% number in the United States, that's somewhere around 13,000 cases, so a huge, uh, a huge number of cases. So if you know anyone who works in that artificial stone industry, please warn them that this dust is extremely, extremely, um, extremely dangerous and to take uh, all uh, precautions uh, uh, while using it. Now I'm going to go ahead and talk uh, give some more specific medical uh, facts for those uh, medical personnel uh, in the audience. The reason the silica is so dangerous is when it's, when it's cut, it breaks up into extremely tiny particles. Uh, these particles are somewhere between a half a micron and five microns. If you remember from uh, your biology courses, a red blood cell is approximately six microns. So these are very tiny little particles and the physicists say that they're nearly weightless so when the when when people are inhale this silica dust the silica dust goes all the way through the twenty three branches of respiratory bronchioles to lodge into the acini and there in the acini they incite a reaction uh... from the microphages and the microphages in order to uh, remove them incite an inflammatory response that leads to fibrosis so uh, the presence of these silica fibers in the lung lead to lung fibrosis. Now, we like to do, uh, break silicosis into, uh Uh, uh, two types. Type one is uh, simple silicosis when the uh, patient just has uh, uh, little nodules either on their chest x-ray. High resolution chest CT is actually the best method to evaluate the patients for silicosis and the very first finding you see on high resolution chest CT are a very small uh, two to five millimeter nodules that are ill-defined and central lobular. So ill-defined central lobular nodules are the very first findings seen on high-resolution chest CT in patients with silicosis. As the silicosis progress, the nodules become more well-defined and a little bit larger and a little bit brighter. Now, patients uh, that only have the nodules are classified into what's called simple silicosis, and in simple silicosis, the patients are almost always symptomatic. However, once these nodules uh, tend, the nodules tend to coalesce or, or come together. When the nodules come together to form a conglomerate mass that's 1.5 centimeters in size, uh, we call that progressive massive fibrosis. And patients with progressive uh, massive fibrosis have severe uh, symptomatology and are severely short of breath. It is The only known treatment for silicosis currently is a lung transplant. And Patients uh, with a progressive massive fibrosis are placed on the lung transplant uh, list. Now, to go into some more technical factors, uh, when doing the high-resolution chest CTs on patients with suspected uh, silicosis. Uh, you should always use the mip imaging and the mip slice uh, should be relatively large about 20 uh, 20 millimeters or uh, two centimeters and uh, you need these large uh, slabs so that you can pick up these tiny uh, these tiny uh, pulmonary uh, nodules one of the major problems uh, in the united states is that many physicians are unaware of this new Form of, ex, of accelerated uh, silicosis. Silicosis with the uh, old, uh, the old form with marble and granite and sandblasting took 10 to 20 years before the patients developed silicosis. Now with artificial stone silicosis, silicosis can uh, form as early as uh, as early as uh, four years uh, after exposure, and the exposure to this high this uh, artificial stone silicosis can be a relatively short period of time I said, there was a case that that I saw in uh, Melbourne uh, just a few weeks ago of a patient who uh, worked in the artificial stone industry for only 11 months and that was four years ago and had had no exposure to uh, silica uh, since he left uh, left that shop and now after four years he's developed uh silica nodules consistent with simple uh, silicosis the question is how many of these patients will go on even though there's no additional exposure will go on to develop progressive massive fibrosis and unfortunately we don't have the answer uh, to that question right now now another problem with the uh, uh, artificial stone silicosis is that physicians in the United States are as I said are unaware of this diagnosis in fact Three of the 18 patients who were diagnosed with uh, silicosis in the United States were only diagnosed after they had an open lung biopsy, which showed which showed silica. The problem is that approximately a third of the patients who are exposed to silica develop autoimmune disease. They form antibodies uh, uh, to themselves, and the most common diseases are rheumatoid arthritis and scleroderma. Uh, three of the patients in the US um, that uh, presented presented with the with the uh, rheumatologic diseases and the uh, clinician either didn't ask about silica exposure or was never told about silica exposure so it becomes very important that physicians become aware of of, uh, uh, this uh, disease Uh, so in summary, uh, in Australia, approximately 15% of uh, uh, workers who worked with this artificial stone countertops developed silicosis. There's two types. There's simple silicosis with just the uh, nodules, and then there's massive fibrosis, progressive massive fibrosis, which they conglomerate ma- mass greater than 1.5 centimeters. The only known treatment uh, is lung transplantation. Unfortunately, lung transplantation doesn't have as good as prognosis as we all expect. The five-year survival of a young lung transplant is approximately 50, uh, 50% five-year survival. The average survival is about 6.5 years. A few patients have lived to 10 years, but it's certainly not a new lease on life to undergo a double lung transplant with uh, silicosis. The most important measure is prevention of, uh, of this disease. And in Australia currently, uh, dry cutting of silicosis is outlawed, and it needs to be outlawed in the United States. And let me go into a couple technical factors on radiology point of view. Nodules are divided into three different uh, groups, uh, perilymphatic, lobular, and random. Uh, obviously, random... Uh, uh, nodules have no distribution. However, random nodules are found up against the pleural surface. Centrilobular nodules occur in the central portion of the lung. They are secondary to inhaled diseases such as uh, such as uh, silicosis uh, or uh, tuberculosis or mycoplasma, uh, mycoplasma pneumonia. Those are all centrilobular diseases in which there are not no nodules that go. Uh, to the uh, pleural surface. The other is perilymphatic. Perilymphatic uh, nodules, there's co- the most common situation where they occur is silicosis. Uh, those nodules can s- be seen against the pleural surface as well as the fissures. The nodules in silicosis kind of break the break the rules because uh, they are central lobular. However, they not uncommonly will go to the pleural uh, surface. So they've been cat- uh, they've been categorized in the literature both as central lobular as well as perilymphatic however they uh, appear to rarely go to the uh, fissures so uh, the nodules in silicosis are predominantly central lobular. however they do extend to the uh, pleural surface unlike the classic the uh, classic central lobular uh, nodules thank you for listening uh, to this uh, podcast on uh countertop uh, silicosis if you want to uh, attend one of my classes or get more information on this disease please go to my website at www.mskmr.com that's www.mskmr.com and if you like this podcast please give it a uh, evaluate it as a uh, five and please tell your friends about this podcast